Hello, and welcome to The Best is Net to Come. My name is Josh, and I am joined as always by Michael Rubenstein and Richard Chuba. And today, on today's episode, we are going to be doing our own little Nets draft. We are going to be looking at, again, the players who've played on the Nets from 2000 to today, just like we did in our Top 5, Clown 5 episode. But we are going to be drafting them as if we are, have our own teams. Um, so we have our list of all of the, well, some most of the best Nets over the past 20 years. Mike, uh, is there anything I am leaving out here? Just to clarify with that 2000s to today Nets, that does not include the superstars Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant obviously hasn't played for the Nets yet. Kyrie Irving, too small of a sample size to know what we have with him. We're really looking to reminisce about some established Nets. Um, a lot of the players on our list might have only played, you know, two or three seasons, but they're still fan favorites. We love them. They're on the list. They're ready to be drafted. Rick, you got anything else to point out for us? No, I'm I'm just super excited. All these guys are uh, they're they're on the list for a reason. You know, maybe they have a, a limited uh, time with the Nets, maybe like one season or something. Um, or maybe they've been on there for like five, six, seven years. Either way, they've made uh, enough of an impact to get placed into the draft. So I'm, I'm excited to see not only who gets drafted, but who doesn't get drafted. And before we, we get into like the draft and, and the order and things like that, um, we each have the list in front of us. And it, it's pretty sizable. Um with a good mix of guys from the early 2000s and some of the more recent seasons. Um, but I'm curious uh, what you guys think, uh, who you think is going to be maybe the best player to just miss out on getting drafted. Um, because there's there's a, there's a some good players that I think are not going to get picked. So, Josh, who do you think, just like taking a glance here, yeah. who's going to miss out? Okay, so looking at the list we have here, we, we were talking before that we didn't have enough point guards, but I actually think we have too many in a way. So I think that a point guard who might not reach anyone's list is possibly Stefan Marbury. And I think that because I think one of us will end up getting Jason Kidd. I think one of us will probably want to pick, like, I don't know, either D'Angelo or possibly Spencer Dinwiddie as our point guard because we just have a better idea of how they play. And we all we have this like I think I always think of like Marbury as like kind of a bust even though he wasn't for a little bit. So I, I don't know I just feel like Stefan Marbury's not going to make it. I think that's a fair choice. Uh, you certainly are correct. We have a lot of point guards on this list, and I think recency bias might come into effect here. Stefan Marbury, uh, in my lifetime, I remember him more not as a net than as a net. Uh, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's left off our list. I think the player I'm looking at to possibly not get drafted, and I don't know if this indicates how strong or how weak our list might be, um, based on different positions that people are going to be looking for too, I think Gerald Wallace here has a chance of missing out on a roster. Gerald Wallace does a little bit of everything, but not a lot of any one thing that might be crucial for our team. So Gerald Wallace is my one to look for. Yeah, those are those are two good options. Um, I one of the guys I was really looking at was Gerald Wallace because you're right, he's he's kind of good at like everything, but like not really great at at anything. So he's not necessarily a difference maker. He's more just kind of like a like a glue guy. And Stefan Marbury is 
an interesting choice because he did make an all-star team with the Nets, but the Nets are pretty uh, guard-heavy on this list. So, um, And he wasn't with the Nets for that long of a time, so I could see him potentially missing out. One guy who I'm thinking of maybe missing out, and I know Mike's a big fan of this guy, is maybe Sean Livingston, not necessarily because of his talent, but because when we look at like the guards up here, point guards and shooting guards, it's pretty deep. And um, he's kind of like uh, the point guard version of Gerald Wallace, a little bit better. But, um, you know, he's he's good at everything, but not necessarily great at anything, except for his defense because of his size. So those are three guys, I think, that might make the uh, – the Nets G League team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe make my bench. I don't know. I mean, if Stefan Marbury yeah. falls to me at like six, seven, I'm taking him. But I yeah. don't know. I won't be I won't be so upset if I don't. Yeah, and and just for context, um, I mean, we have each of our three teams, and we're going to be drafting seven guys each. So we have uh, what we would consider our starting five and uh, two guys off our bench. We're not going to go uh, twelve to fifteen guys deep to fill out a roster. I mean, otherwise we're we're I would get so I'm planning it if that was yeah it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it I, Josh I, Boons. I'll play I'll play with half a team rather than have Yijin Lin on my team. <laughs> I almost put him on the list just to like get a rise out of you. God, was, God. <laughs> would be great. I would have picked him seventh just to be like whatever. I'm gonna lose anyway. Mr. I would, I would draft him if I was like trying to trust the process and get the number one pick. Then then he would be maybe. <laughs> Someone I'd really look to draft, but that's not how we're playing, so. <laughs> nice. All right, well, so we're going to start this off by picking the order. So, Mike, um, will you do us the honors of rolling the die so we can decide who will be going first, second, and third? The person who goes first will get the first pick, second will get the second, and third will get the third, but we will be going in reverse order from there. So third will also get the fourth, second gets the fifth, first gets the sixth. Right. I'm going to take uh, Rick's earlier suggestion of assigning the three of us a range on one die, and if the die comes up with that, it's your pick. So, Josh, you'll be a one or a two. Mm-hmm. Rick, you'll be the three and four. I'll be the five and six. I will roll it. I'll show my phone to the camera so you can see it. First die comes up. Can you see it as a two? No, I cannot, cannot see, see it. it, but I trust but I, you. I'll take it. Woo! Okay, so, first pick goes to Josh. Let's go. Oh, man. I'm the nervous. Next roll is a one, which would also be Josh, is a four. So, Rick, you get the second pick. Let's go. Means I get the third and with the, the snake around. So we'll go All from right. there. So, Josh, this is very exciting. on the clock. Okay, so this is got to be the easiest pick in the draft, it, as it always is, the easiest pick in the draft. I am going with Jason Kidd. I already typed My it in. Number yeah. one pick. Yeah, <laughs> type that in, buddy. Jason Kidd. <laughs> I mean, we already listed his accolades. He's just a monster. His assist numbers are out of this world. He would make any single team he was on better. Even the bum-ass team that I might end up picking, he would make so good. So we we are so grateful to have Jason on our team, and I know I'll be giving him a big, fat, hefty contract <laughs> once, once his, uh, his extension ends. So don't worry. Jason will be on my team for a long time. And he can also coach for you. 
Yeah, and if he wants after he retires, he can coach. <laughs> maybe trip some players while he's standing yeah. on the on the uh, <laughs> on the, the sidelines as well. Yeah, but then then after he's a coach, he's gonna want to be the GM too, and he's gonna cause a <laughs> lot of shit for your franchise. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I'll deal with that when it comes. Jason right. Kidd, number one pick, lock it in. You got Punch it. it in. Rick, you are now on the clock. Okay, uh, this pick is almost as easy as the first pick was. Um, Josh made the right choice. Jason Kidd's easy, number one. And I think after Jason Kidd is off the board, um, there really is uh, only one other choice to go with, and that is Vince Carter. Um I think he was a four-time All-Star with the Nets. He might be their leading points-per-game guy. He's a great all-around player, future Hall of Famer, um, multiple good playoff runs with the team, a great locker room guy as well. Um, you need a bucket, he's there to get it for you, good playmaker as well. Um, so Vince Carter, half-man, half-amazing, full Rick Brooklyn net. <laughs> And uh, no one can argue with that pick either. Uh, one and two, those were the only ones we fully agreed on, I believe, uh, in our top five list from last episode. So no surprises there in the top two. Now, here I'm sitting with my three and four. And I'm not going to lie, I'm having a tough time with this, of which direction to take my team. Do I go athleticism? Do I go uh, steady shooting? I think Richard Jefferson is an obvious choice for either pick. So I'm going to take Richard Jefferson I'll make it official with the number three pick. I'll let him get paid a little bit more than the number four pick. So Richard Jefferson is my number three choice. A quick recap of Richard Jefferson's net career. He was there for a while, played, I think, seven seasons for the Nets, which is unusual. That's a lot for the Nets. Uh, In his prime, was averaging upwards of 22, almost 23 points a game. A lot of that was due to playing with the great point guard, Jason Kidd. He definitely benefited from that. Um, but he's a great player, and he stuck around the league for a long time. So this is a really – this is a 20-year draft choice right here. I'll take him as my role player, trying to win those championships down the road. That is – that's that's the pick. Uh, I, I didn't obviously have the third pick in the draft, but had I had that pick, uh, it would have been Richard Jefferson easy. I think he's, uh, like you said – He's a great all-around player, a great locker room guy. The longevity uh, is something that you can't forget about either. Um, he was one of the original like 3 and D guys before that came became really a big thing. So Richard Jefferson, you're getting an A-plus grade on the pick there, Mike. No one's going to argue yeah. with that one. Good value, good value. That was a good pick. All right, so here's where I'm, I'm sitting, though, at number four. We, had a, we have had our debates about Brooke Lopez. I kind of want to not take him to make Rick think about taking him. I don't think Rick would. Yeah, so don't he, take him, man. He would fall to Josh uh, with the next wraparound. But I've got athleticism with Kenyon Martin. I've got shooting with Joe Johnson. Who can deny the heroics of Joe Johnson? He's one of our, our favorites here. Yeah, we love Joe. Come. This is really, really tough, and I apologize that I'm stalling here for a second. Take your time, because I totally I'm, don't know what I'm going to do either. Yeah, I think I... I'm going to pull the trigger on Kenyon Martin, and just to explain to our listeners here, I don't know if we actually mentioned this in the beginning. When we make these draft choices, we are drafting them as they were on the Nets when they played. So when we're talking about Kenyon Martin here, we're talking about those early 2000s, hyper-athletic Kenyon Martin, very physical, 
Um, where Joe Johnson would have been that little bit of older form of Joe Johnson. He's not quite as quick as he was on the Hawks or the, even the Suns before that. So I just want to make that clear. Um, in my choice, that's going into it. Kenyon Martin, although he's not going to have Jason Kidd to catch lobs from, I'm picking two nets that really soared because of Jason Kidd, and I don't have Jason Kidd. So I think that could hurt me down the road, but Kenyon Martin is going to be my choice at number four. You know, that's a really good point you made, Mike, about how these guys, all, although they were fantastic, they did have a facilitator, um, you know, an otherworldly facilitator. So maybe that is where you go next with your next pick is you yeah. got to get someone to pass the ball. Yeah. All right, Rick. This, see, now I'm not taking Brook Lopez like you I thought. Wanted, I want you to so bad. <laughs> No, I, I mean I, I'm not I'm not really a Brook Lopez guy. I, I do love him, but not that much. Um, see, had I not picked Vince Carter with my first pick, then Joe Johnson would probably be my pick here. But I feel like in picking Joe Johnson, I'm just picking another Vince Carter, which isn't bad. But in terms of the balance of my team, um, I don't think that's the way to go. So. Uh, I got my eye on one guy that I think I'm going to pull the trigger on right here. And I maybe it'll be a little bit of a surprise to you guys. Um, but I think when we th- consider all the options that he is the way to go. Let me scroll through our list here real quick. Um, I am pulling the trigger on D'Angelo Russell. Oh, that is what? a shock. Wow. I'm pulling the trigger on D'Angelo Russell because, um, we, like we said, we're judging the guys strictly on their time with the Nets. And in terms of his play with the Nets, uh, very little to complain about with D'Angelo Russell. Um, and I think um, the combo of D'Angelo Russell – and Vince Carter is something that if if both those guys during their Nets tenure were in the NBA would be really really difficult to deal with. Um, I don't think he made an All Star team with the Nets. Uh, he did. He did. He did. Yeah, he did. Well, as there we re- go. Uh, as a replacement, I believe. Similar. There to we go. Lopez. Hey, it's it's an All Star it's an All Star nod, and that's a big deal. Um, Let's see. I could pull up his numbers at least with the Nets if we wanted to, but I mean, we we know what we're getting with the guy. Three point shooter, a playmaker, and honestly, we've said in previous podcasts gets almost all of the credit for kind of pulling the Nets out of the basement and getting them where they are today. Um, I know his stint with the Nets is shorter than a lot of these other guys. Um, there are other players that I did um, consider, but no one really jumped out at me the way D'Angelo Russell did. So I, you guys yeah. said you were surprised. How surprised? Had, I, was, well, I was surprised, but it makes sense when you, when you digest it. It does make sense. I, it makes sense. It's, I'm a little scarred by what I've seen in Minnesota, or not Minnesota, in Golden State and Minnesota, I guess. But, um, you know, those two years on the Nets, he was phenomenal, especially that second year. So you're right. Yeah, okay. yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Like the 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 Golden State tenure wasn't so great, and um, Minnesota isn't so hot either. Even even prior on on the Lakers was not was not good. But um, we're judging it solely based on the Nets tenure, and uh, he was money. He he was yeah. money. Absolutely. 
So you put me in an interesting spot here because I could I feel like the easiest place to go because it's just you know I'm really looking at the list here the only viable center other than I guess Dikembe Mutombo who was was I mean he was good enough to make it to the finals with the Nets but he definitely wasn't his best version of himself right. I think the only other viable center is Brook Lopez so I'm, I guess I'm gonna go Brook. I'm gonna go Brooke with my next pick. You gotta be really happy with that one. Uh, I know you're a Brooke Lopez guy. You're a Brooke Lopez guy. <laughs> I am, but like you know, it's not. It's weird picking him at this at this high. I guess. I, no, I, I mean, we we all put him in our top five. It's, yeah. it's not a bad pick. Yeah, I mean, I, he's either gonna go now or he would be my next pick, and I have them back to back. So my yeah. next pick, I'm giving Brooke that pick because he deserves the money. He's a nice guy. But I think the next one, I'm a little hesitant on because I love having a team that shoots. Brooke shoots now. I mean, he didn't when he was on the Nets, but he does shoot. Jason Kidd shoots, sort of. So I need someone who can really, like, hit a three, and I guess I'm going to go with Kerry Kittles for that reason. I need a guy who could could hit threes, just fucking sit in the corner, or spot up, you know, be be my ace. Be my, like, we need to come back. We're down by four. Like, hit a three. Get us in, get us in shooting range. So, yeah, I'm going with Kerry. I mean, what's to say about Kerry? Let's see. He played almost his whole se- se- uh, his whole career with the Nets. He only played one season outside of them, I think, with the Clippers, and it was an 11-game season. Um, he had a horrible injury that he came back from. So I'm not only getting a good guy, I'm getting a resilient guy, a dude who will come back from injury. And played at the same level. You know, he came back from injury, and then in the season he came back from injury on, he played every single game. He started every single game. 82 games in 2001, 2002. So, I love a guy like that. He's he's just like a gritty, kind of a dog of a player. Love it. Kerry Kittles is my um, third pick. That's a great pick. Can't argue whatsoever. Okay. I think you guys messed up. <laughs> I think I I think I'm winning the draft with this pick right here. And it might not seem like it right away when I say it, but if you go to Wikipedia and check out this guy's numbers and see how freaking good this guy was with the Nets and the way it'll round out my team, uh it's we're we're like the 98 Bulls. Like it's <laughs> or like the 96 Bulls. Like we're, I can't believe it. We're, in relation to other Nets teams. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like we're 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 the best. Okay, um, I'm taking as my stretch for my small ball center, easy pick here when you look at the numbers. A guy who averaged, aside from his rookie season, over seven rebounds a game, and a couple of years averaged 22, 19, 17 points, dish out a couple assists. Shooting about 45% from the field and about 37% from three, especially in an analytics era. I am taking Keith Van Horn. Horn. Yeah, I knew it. That's what I thought you were going to do last round when you took D'Lo. I thought you were taking Van Horn last round. Well, it worked out even better. I still got my guy. I have D'Angelo Russell running the point. I got my scorer in Vince Carter. Keith Van Horn at six foot ten is would would kill it in today's NBA. He'd be like Ryan Anderson or or uh, what David Burton's or whatever that guy was for like uh, oh, the Wiz- 
Sorry, yeah, Hans. dude, yeah. he this he's Keith Van Horn was like born 20 years too early because he would be like the guy everyone would want at the trade line, deadline today. Um, Keith Van Horn, lock it in, undefeated season, lock it in. He's kind, he's kind of the Jeff Green of the late 90s, early 2000s, right? If if he was around today, he would be that player, as you just said. Every contender would want him. And we wouldn't know how well he'd stack up because obviously Jeff Green, it seems like everywhere he goes, he doesn't quite mm-hmm. live up to it. But that's the player that I think of when I think of uh, Keith Van Horn in today's NBA, of what you described. Yeah, just just for, for conscious, let you guys know, in nine, um, let's see, uh, 2000, 2001, if we just want to stick to, oh, here, in, in 2000, he averaged 19 points, eight and a half rebounds, two assists. Shot 85% from the free throw line, 45% from the field, 37% from from three. That's like the number three guy on a big three team. Like, yeah, yeah. You know. Now I'm equally as excited for the fit that I think my player gives my team because right now I have two athletes, one of the greatest pick and roll players in Nets history, and Kenyon Martin. So I need a point guard to get him that ball. Uh, I'm obviously not getting Jason Kidd. He was long gone. D'Lo, great point guard for the Nets. Has the ball in his hands, takes a lot of shots. As does this next player, but he's also willing to pass. And if we've seen in recent Nets years with Jared Allen, who is not anywhere close to the finisher that Kenyon Martin was, I'm taking Spencer Dinwiddie. Whoa. I'm so jealous. To run my point, run that pick and roll with Kenyon Martin, can hit the three, can score, but he can also facilitate when he has to a proven clutch player uh, underappreciated clutch player in the rest of the NBA I think as Nets fans we all text each other as soon as we see a Spencer Dinwiddie highlight uh, either tying or winning the game uh, either in overtime or at the end of the fourth so Spencer Dinwiddie I think he's a great fit for my team as well as just a great overall player the numbers are there uh, in this past season when he had to play when Kyrie got hurt uh, he put up numbers he ended up averaging for the 1920 season, over 20 points a game and almost seven assists. Uh, increases his numbers each year as his playing time goes up. Not always the most efficient player. Sometimes takes a lot of shots, but again is willing to facilitate. And I think him and Kenyon Martin running that pick and roll, Kenyon Martin catching lobs. I really like the fit for that team. I love that pick, Mike, and I'm so jealous of you for getting it because I feel like Dinwiddie is not only a great guy to have on your team because of his talent, but he's such a culture setter, you know? Like, yeah. he has this vibe to him that's just cool and and relaxed, but also he's he is, like, going to get you the points he needs to get. There are, there are like, moments, like, weeks at a time where I'm like, is Spencer Dinwiddie a top five point guard in the league or something? Because yeah. it's unbelievable. <laughs> just getting 30 on 30 on 30, sometimes 40 points a game. He did have like some ups and downs last season, but I yeah, I'm super jealous of this pick. And then I get my next pick too. I actually totally forgot that it's me back to back, and I'm missing a shooting guard of all positions. So I think this is actually a pretty easy choice for me now. Uh, I'm gonna take Joe Johnson. Oh man, I was hoping I'd get him one He's pick a, later. I, you guys would have been. Uh, <laughs> he, he fits me again. He just fits my team too well right now to not take. I could. Maybe go for Levert, but we've kind of seen them play together in these last couple seasons, and I think they actually play better when they're not on the court together. I like having one of them at all times on the court. 
So I don't want to take Levert here. I think the only logical choice is Joe Johnson. So I, I, I have to do it. We all love Joe Johnson here on the best of the net to come. Again, clutch player. I'm filling my team up with these buzzer beater types. Who's going to take the shot at the end of the game? Don't ask me. Ask the coach. I'm just drafting him. <laughs> but I'm going to take Joe Johnson as my fourth pick. That is – that's that's the guy who I wanted with my – am I up? Because that's the guy who I wanted. I think I'm up, right? Yeah, you are next. Yeah, that's who I wanted. I That's who I was eyeing up. So now I might be forced to pick Brian Scalabrini. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, let's see. Uh, let me let me get a quick look because I have a good idea of who I'm going to take. Um, but uh, and I think this guy fits my team as well um, with the way it's like constructed. Mike brought him up. There are some guys I'm considering picking. Maybe just because of their talent, that they don't necessarily fit where my team is at. I'm gonna take Karis Levert. I know that pick. that just broke Josh's heart. <laughs> I'm gonna take Karis Levert, and I think I think to have uh, D'Angelo Russell as my point guard, and then have Vince Carter and Karis Levert on the wings. Um, I, I I got shooting, I got some defense, and and we've seen. Um, with guys like Spencer Dinwiddie and um, Kyrie Irving being out for the Nets. Karis LeVert can really uh, be, at least at times and in spurts, the number one guy on a team uh, if he has to be. He um, he had that huge game against the Celtics. I think he dropped 50-plus against them before the pandemic hit. Um, and he's a guy who uh, all around um, brings a lot to the team. So Karis LeVert, lock it in. Damn it. I'll let now, Josh react first because I know uh, Josh I think, probably wanted him. <laughs> I wanted him because he would have complimented my team a lot because yeah. he is a guy who can do the point. He can do the shooting. He's a, you know he's not afraid to go and get fouled, which is something that I worry about with some other people on this this list. I don't know. It's just Karras is the best pick left, so I think that was a good choice to make. All right, so now that it's me, I have two picks in a row. I have a jersey of He's my favorite net probably the last five years. I love Karis Levert. I love the way he plays. He has a very unorthodox way of moving his body, if that doesn't sound too weird. Like, he just, like, has that herky-jerky. Like, you never know where he's going to go, and he ends up at the rim. Yeah. Uh, he's a wild card. I think you never know if you're going to get an efficient 20 from him or an inefficient 30 from him. But sometimes it's enough to win games. I think to complement the rest of your team, Rick, I think it's a really nice choice. I am just getting a little bit worried, Rick, about your your ball dominance on your team. Um, a lot of guys need the ball in their hands there. Just our, as our team start to form here, I'm just like looking out for strengths and weaknesses. You've got a lot of firepower. I like that. Um, but you know, yeah. there's only one basketball, as they say. Okay, so for me, I have two picks now, and I didn't want to pick another point guard already. I wanted to wait until like the last rounds to pick another point guard, but the best player left on on the list is a point guard. And I just feel like if I don't pick one, if I don't pick him, then I'm an idiot. Even if he's not going to play point. Even if I put him at, at shooting guard or something. I've got to put Darren Williams at shooting guard. And even though I don't really like Darren Williams terribly, I think he is a solid guy. Um, at least he was. And maybe he'll be, he would be better because of the fact that he wouldn't be the leader on this team. I think the reason why he maybe floundered 
as a net in some seasons was because he was kind of in the leader position. And um, because we have Jason Kidd, because we have even a guy like Brooke Lopez, I don't see him having to feel like he has to be a leader. So maybe he can defer. Maybe he'll be like um, a backup point guard. I don't know. But, yeah, I'm putting him on my team. So I got Darren Williams. So as as you think about your next pick, Josh, I'm just forming out our rosters to keep track here. Would you like me to move Kittles to small forward and have Kidd and Williams playing at the same time, or do you want D-Will to be that sixth man? Mm. Coaching choice here. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, No, I want D-Will to be on the bench. Okay. Yeah, he's going to have to sit on the bench, which is just I don't think that's a bad choice. I think that makes sense. And uh, I have a big guy. I have the best point guard. I have a a good shooter, and I have a backup point guard. I need, I need like a power forward who's not like not afraid to like foul someone. Unlike Brooke. All right. I mean, is Chris Humphreys a stupid pick? No, I don't think there are stupid picks right now. Yeah, I, uh, I think. Um, I'm gonna go I, with Chris Humphreys. He's a power forward. It's he not that. Out. I would like to remind our listeners, Chris Humphreys was married to Kim Kardashian. That's yes. a stat you don't show up on the stat sheet, but it's yeah. still oh. real. While he was on the Nets, which is important. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you can mention his name without mentioning that fact. It would be disrespectful to Chris Humphreys. He leads oh, the Nets franchise in keeping up with the Kardashian episodes. <laughs> yes. Nice. So uh, it was only a net for four years. Three years as a New Jersey net, one year as a Brooklyn net. Um, but they were definitely the best years of his career. Um, he had his most minutes played in the 2011-2012 season where – he played 62 games, about 13 point, 14 points a game. Um, you know, solid power forward. Uh, probably not the best power forward, but solid. And um, I'm putting him on my team because I need a power forward. So, Chris Humphreys, get your ass over here. I think what I like most about your team, Josh, now as we see this filling out, is you have two groups of players that played together. right? You have Kid and Kittles, teammates, actual teammates, not just like – Obviously, everyone here is on the Nets franchise, but they were teammates. And then you have Darren Williams, Brooke Lopez, and Chris Humphreys, who at one time were all teammates. I think that's pretty cool. I think uh, me and Rick's teams are, are not quite as historically connected. I think it's just kind of cool to look at. All right, uh, we so got Chris a, my team's got a, a lot of basketball IQ, man. We'll, we, <laughs> we'll fit, give us one training camp, man, and we'll be we'll be gelling. I'm telling you. And it's it's my pick now, correct? Correct. Okay, yeah. and I, I think I'm getting away with murder on this one, too. I really love all my picks, and I think once you see it, um, you guys will feel like you missed out because, uh, like you said, there's a lot of ball dominance on my team uh, right now. And, um, you know, when it comes to who I have left, i got to get, like, a, either a power forward or center to kind of fill out that starting roster. But in terms of that position and the guys we have remaining – um, there isn't a lot of separation between these guys. I think with, with a lot of the options we have left, it's more personal preference than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're trying to build a championship team, uh, we see it every year, you got to have a good bench. So I'm picking a bench player, and this is a guy who even before we started this draft, I had my eyes on because I am a big fan of him, uh, especially with his time with the Nets. Um, he was an all-star with the team. I am taking Devin Harris. I think oh, wow. 
I think Devin Harris, all-star with the team, guy who if D'Angelo Russell, Vince Carter, Karis LeVert, any of those guys come off the floor, he fills in and we don't we don't skip a beat. Um, he was an all-star in 2008-2009. He averaged 21 points, 7 assists, 3 rebounds, shooting 83% from, from the, the free throw line. Um, he's a guy who had a couple of years with the Nets, uh, 4 to be exact, and those were bad Nets teams, and he was... He was the only uh, the only bright spot. Um, so uh, he's a, a great locker room guy, a great leader. Um, and uh, in, when it comes to my pick, uh, Devin Harris was an easy, easy choice. I, I'm not surprised that you took him. Uh, I think he is a good fit. He's a great player. I just thought at this point we might have been point guarded out for a while. So uh, I like the pick a lot. And I think... Devin Harris just retired maybe last season. I think that's worth noting. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, it is worth noting. He didn't get a proper send-off. Where is his yeah. Hall of Fame speech? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, yeah. Nets fans remember him from 2007 to 2011. That feels like a lifetime ago in basketball. Yeah, and, and he Devin was, Harris um, just retired. Yeah, and he was in the, the Jason Kidd deal yeah. to send him to the Mavericks, and he's with the, the Nets got in return. And I know a lot of people... Um, were upset when they traded Jason Kidd. It wasn't necessarily something they wanted to do. Jason Kidd wanted out. Um, but when you get a guy like Devin Harris in return and he makes an all-star team, um, there are there are a lot worse trades and worse returns that other people have made. And uh, Devin Harris is is a good as a great net. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no argument here. Definitely. Uh, just to clarify for our um, record keeping here, Rick, would you like to have him in your starting lineup or in your bench? I'm gonna put him on the bench. I'm gonna. Okay. I think he's. He seems like a kind of guy who would do whatever it is takes for his team to win. Um, I think uh, you know Vince Carter and and D'Angelo Russell have a little bit of bigger egos. You gotta manage the personalities in the locker room too. And I think Devin Harris is a guy who's like, I'll do whatever it takes to win. So have him come off the bench as my modern day Lucius Harris. All right. So here I am now. I have my back to back picks, and I am struggling with what to do here. Um. I've got a little bit of everything. I've got my size with Kenyon Martin. I've got my playmaking. I've got my clutch. And the names that are on this list, it's really like it is now personal preference almost, and this is tough. Um, hmm. I think I'm going to go for a role player, maybe, again, recency bias here, bring shooting into the modern style of the game. I'm going to go with Joe Harris. Ah. I'm a big Joe Harris fan, and I Fuck. think he fits this team really well. I think Sorry, that's a great pick. <laughs> Josh, I heard your reaction there. Sorry. <laughs> that's a great pick. He's heading right to my bench, but he's going to be, you know, on some nights, maybe Joe Johnson will go to the bench and Joe Harris will start. It's going to the hot hand, whoever's hitting their threes. Joe Harris will never start ahead of Joe Johnson. You crazy. <laughs> I'm going to bring up some Joe Harris stats just really quickly because they're not eye-popping whatsoever. But anyone who has watched these Nets in the last few seasons, they know what Joe Harris brings to the table. I mean, he's a role player, averaging 13, 14 points a game. Uh, a lot doesn't need the ball in his hands. Is always running around the floor. Might be a defensive liability in some matchups for my team. I, I think I, I think he fits well. And now this this second pick is gonna haunt me because <laughs> there's so many different directions that I can take it. I can go for a backup point guard. I can go for another big man. Oh, this is tough. I shouldn't be like giving you advice because we're technically playing against each other. But I really yeah. think 
there's only so many big men left. Yeah, I'm just thinking, do I need a big man with offense, or do I need a big man to just do the dirty work? And for that reason, I think I'm actually going to take Thaddeus Young. Oh, I think out of, pick. I think out of all the players left on this list, Thaddeus Young has a rare balance of physical toughness, but he could score if you needed him to. He's not going to consistently give you 15 to 20, but on any given night, if it's his night, besides the rebounding and maybe even hard fouling. I think you mentioned that before, Josh. Sometimes you need a guy to just go in there and foul someone. Yeah. And I think Thaddeus Young gives that to my team, along with Kenyon Martin. I think this is going to be a roster that people aren't going to want to drive the lane on necessarily. So, yeah, I'm going to lock that in at my center. A little bit of small ball here, I guess, because he's not a true center. But I'm going to go with Thaddeus Young. Locked in. Yeah, he's a he's a great like do it all guy and uh, a plus defender as well. He can hit some threes. Um, he's a guy that again uh, before we even started the draft, I kind of was eyeing as my potential uh, sixth or seventh pick or something to mm-hmm. um, fill out my bench. So I'm a, I'm a little upset that uh, he's not available. Is the choice mine now? It is. Yes, it is. Okay. See you, Mike. Even said like his pick, he might he might go to regret. I <laughs> am going to make a, I believe. Let me check out this guy's stat line so I have a better. Um, but I have a feeling that I am going to make a pick that I will regret, and one that I don't think Mike will like. But in terms of the fit of my team, I might have no choice but to make. So I'm excited for this. <laughs> let's let's see. Okay, I, looking at the numbers, looking at the numbers, it's I feel a lot a lot better about this. Um, let me scroll through this this lineup real quick one more time, and then I'm gonna pull the trigger on this guy probably, uh, because I, I need um I need some defense here. I'm I don't have a lot of defense. Mike said there's a lot of ball dominant guys on my team, and he's right. And I think when you look at my team as well, um. There's not a whole lot of effort on the defensive side of the ball. <laughs> we all know D'Angelo Russell doesn't play defense. I yeah. imagine Keith Van Horn's not gonna, you know, body up Joel Embiid. Yeah, exactly. And I kind I need someone to really play some defense. So let me let me take you through some of the. Going. I'm gonna take you through through the the thought process here, because um, I think it'll be interesting to see what you guys think. Um, one guy I thought of was, believe it or not, I thought about Reggie Evans here. Oh, I thought that's who you were going to take. No, I thought about Reggie Evans, and he is the type of dog that I'd be looking for, right? Um, but I looked at the numbers, and, um, he's not really great in terms of, like, blocks and rim protection. Right. And I need a little bit of that. So then I'm like, hmm, let me, let me think about Nana Kristich. And, uh, he's really not a good enough defender for this team. Like I, I, I mean, I'm not looking for Rudy Gobert here, but I need someone to like help me out a little bit. Um, so Mike and I have talked about this guy being soft and we're, and he is, but I think I'm going to have to go with Jarrett Allen as my center because I need, I need some sort of interior defense. Like my block numbers are actually okay though. That's really what I'm getting him for. He's about a, about a block and a half a game. Um, almost this past season, he averaged 10 rebounds. So if, if I can just get some blocks out of him and maybe some put back buckets, 
Uh, I feel a lot better about the construction of my team. I think there's guys on the list that are maybe more talented um, or a better value, but I really couldn't uh, pass up on him because you guys kind of have more uh, more grit and grind at the at the center and power forward positions than I do, and I kind of have to do something to keep up. Yeah, I like combining him with Keith Van Horn. I think the two of them together have an interesting blend of size with shooting. Obviously, Jared Allen's not going to shoot. They use him almost entirely in pick-and-roll situations three or four times a play. If it's not there, they'll back it up and try again, right? But with Keith Van Horn also spacing the floor, you give D'Angelo Russell that option of, do I make the bounce pass to you know Jared Allen crashing the basket, or do I kick it back out to Van Horn for a three? While Vince Carter's hanging around, right? So you have a lot of options there. Uh, I think that's a great pick. And he does give you those block opportunities. He makes highlight blocks. Uh, he's not, obviously, Rudy Gobert, you, you said before, but he gives you that chance, right? It's going to make people yeah. think, at least, when they go into the lane, I might get blocked. I don't feel great about it. I feel great about all my other picks. I feel <laughs> like I was stealing candy from a baby on all my other picks. This one, it felt like... Um, there was, like, I went to, like, the discount bin at Walmart, and I got the last one left. And, like, the box is a little crushed, but because the sale is good and I need it, I'll take it. <laughs> All right. Well, no, you're absolutely right. I think um, Jared Allen is on the up, too. I, I've, I've, although it's not going as fast as I hoped it to be, but I do think that Jared Allen's ascension is in the process. Um, I guess... So I have my last two picks here. All right, I need a I need a guy to fill my small forward spot, and I need another bench player. Um, I know that small forward probably the slimmest of all the positions in the Nets here. I mean, <laughs> Paul Pierce is a small forward. Should I put Paul Pierce on my team? Paul Pierce shouldn't um, even be on this list. It's Nets Paul Pierce. It's not yeah. Paul Pierce. Not, <laughs> it, it, like even I, if I you put, like. Te- Statistically, he probably technically beats most of these people, even as a net. But like, just to have him on the team would be such a bummer. I'm not putting I, him on my team. I, I put him on the list. I didn't think he was going to get drafted. I did put him on the list, though, for two reasons. One, strictly the name, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, he's probably not going to get picked. But I also put him on there for this um, kind of like a clutch factor, right? I mean, he was clutch in that Toronto mm-hmm. Raptors series. Um, I think the next year or the year after, he hit like a buzzer beater against the Wizards in the playoffs or for the Wizards in the playoffs. Um, so, I mean, during the regular season, night in and night out, he's not going to produce. And as a result, you might miss the playoffs. But if you get there, yeah, maybe he comes up big. Fair enough. Uh, I want a small forward, but then I'm like, these small forwards are so weak sauce. Like, I don't really care about – I don't really think that any of them are really, like, elevating my team – and I was going to have to have another pick anyway. So, right. you know, could I put Sean Livingston at small forward? You can have him on the floor at the same time as Jason Kidd, and no one would question that. Uh, he is tall. He can run the run the point himself, but he's tall enough to be out there. So can't really shoot super well. He shoots like his perimeter game is bad, but his, like, in, in the paint, he's okay. Yeah, I guess I'm going to go with... Sean Livingston, and my next pick, uh, Nad Christich or or Gian, DeAndre Jordan. That's like what I'm between right now. 
And uh, even though I want to put DeAndre Jordan on here because DeAndre Jordan's like rebounding numbers are fucking nuts. Like just for the like, he's incredible. I don't know. He must have magnets on his hands. He always <laughs> gets rebounds. Yeah. Um, and I probably need rebounder because, I mean, Brooke is not exactly the the most aggressive center. And I'm gonna go with Nenad Kristic for that reason. Uh, I like. I mean, look. He, when you were picking Rick, and I was looking, I was looking at Jared Allen. I was looking at Nenad Kristic, comparing them. I was gonna pick whoever you didn't pick. Because I, okay. I think that like although Jared has a little more blocks, I think that Nad is probably a little more aggressive in a way, like less of a turnstile. So I'm gonna go with Nad as my final pick. He will be on my bench alongside Darren Williams, and uh, yeah, that even that rounds out my team. Awesome. All right, so I got my last pick, and I thought I had it. I, I'm, I'm looking at the guys. I'm like, you know what? I I know who I'm taking. You know, I, I have a point guard on my bench. I need something around like a like a small forward, power forward type guy. Um, so this should be an easy pick. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna take Gerald Wallace. Right? He'll, he'll probably be a good like bench guy who kind of do a little bit of everything. And just to be sure of my pick. I go look up the stats, and the stats, in comparison to what I remember them to be, <laughs> are so different and wildly bad in, <laughs> from what I remember that he he's just not even draftable. So in his first season with the Nets, it, I guess because of it, it was a, a trade with the Blazers, um, it was a very limited sample size, 16 games. And in those 16 games, he averages 15 points and – seven rebounds, a career high uh, in three-point percentage and free throw percentage. And I'm like, whoa, another steal. How do I keep doing it? (laughs) Well, wrong, because then the next season (laughs) is his first season with with, uh, the Nets in Brooklyn, and he is shooting 28% from three and 63% from the line, averaging seven points a game. That's that's not going to cut it for my team. See, we're a title contender, and those aren't title-winning numbers. So I'm I'm going to look at the stats for this guy right now. He's not a not a flashy guy, but he was a good net. Uh, and I'm considering Mason Plumley. I'm surprised uh, both of you didn't take him before when you were thinking about those tough centers. Mason Plumley is that. That's that's probably where I'm going to go. Um, He's uh, uh, a yeah, about he, like like an eight nine or point per game guy, about like seven eight rebounds, and he's a, a block a game. And remember, he had that huge block on LeBron in the playoffs. Yeah. So oh, I, and, I love me some Mason Plumlee. Yeah, and I'm I'm thinking that's where I'm gonna go. Uh, I did consider Mikey Moore, but aside from that, like one magical year, <laughs> he, he was he just wasn't that good. <laughs> um. I think Ronnie Hollis Jefferson is also a guy uh, worth considering here, just because of like his 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 do it all. Yeah. Um, but I don't think um, just because of like my bench and the roster, I, I think I need more more beef. You know, yeah. where's the beef? So um, I feel okay about it. Let me pull the trigger on Mason Plumley. It's a solid right. pick. I think that's a really good pick. I think you he know the problem. Brings- the- 
Yeah, Go the ahead. reason I, I didn't pick him was that because he really blossomed after he left the Nets. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was good on the Nets, but he like his stats really performed perform much better when he's on Portland and then Denver. But, yeah, he was good. He was good on the Nets, probably better than Nanad Kristic. I probably should have picked him instead of Nanad Kristic, but whatever. What you well, it's a, it's a difference in style. Kristic is more offensive-minded. He has, like, some shooting, some skill moves in the post. Plumlee's out there playing hard, putting the body on people. He's not going to knock down an elbow jumper for you, so... Different styles. My my main memory of Mason Plumley is just in as we highlighted in past episodes, how bad the Nets were at drafting. And yeah. Mason Plumley was like a good draft pick in a wave of other horrible draft picks. So even though he wasn't a superstar, it was just like at least they picked someone who like looks like they know how to play basketball on the court. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he, he kinda like uh fulfilled our optimistic hopes of him you know because he even from the start like he was like pretty good and we never thought he would be a superstar and and he's not obviously but we were like you know like this guy could be like you know a pretty good rebounder a good guy like you know off the bench like get a couple putbacks uh, play some good help defense and he's he's been exactly that so um yeah mason Plumley, welcome welcome to the title winners (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the champs and that rounds out rick's team and uh, I will finish up here with the last pick of the draft. And I'm going to be extra careful with my research because I'm making a potential boomer bust pick here. Tony O'Brown on the Buccaneers, right? Before they signed him, everyone's like, oh, the Bucs are loaded at wide receiver. They're, they're great. They have all these weapons. Tom Brady's in good shape. And they go out and get Antonio Brown. And it was kind of like, do they need him? Or is it like just risking chemistry and, you know, the professionalism of that team? And, Obviously, one week is way too short to go on, but they got clobbered last night by the Saints. Not saying it, but those are the kinds of things that you you question, and I think I possibly might be doing that with this last pick. And it was someone who was predicted to not get drafted, but I think I'm going to do it. I think I need a backup point guard. Oh, no. My choices choices are Sweet Cherry C.J. Watson or, like, Jarrett Jack. So I think it's pretty clear. I have to go with a guy that averaged 23 points a game for, you know, two seasons, two plus seasons. For that, I'm going to do it. Stephon Marbury is my last pick of the draft. Wow. Coming off the bench, I'm hoping we have some, some good leadership in the locker room to keep him happy. There's no way in hell that Stephon Marbury is going to let Spencer Dinwiddie start ahead of him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? If you outplay Spencer Dinwiddie, that's just that means he's – Contributing uh, to the team, and, and then we look. We've seen Dinwiddie is willing to come off the bench, so maybe halfway through the season we make a change. I think but, you poisoned your team, Mike. I don't know. I think it's worth it's worth the hypothetical <laughs> risk I, here. I'll I'll say this. Um, Stefan Marbury was a guy throughout this draft I had been keeping an eye on as potentially making my last pick. Uh, I, I'm a I'm kind of a high risk, high reward guy. Um, and Stefan Marbury was a guy I've, I really thought about, but once I picked uh, Devin Harris, who I like much more than Stefan Marbury, it kind of took uh, Marbury off the table for me. Yeah. Um, Marbury was an all-star with the Nets. Uh, he's the reason they were able to acquire Jason Kidd. So I do see um, the benefits of having him, right? Mm-hmm. But it... I can also see the other side. Like Josh said, Mike might have just 
eaten a grenade and then shot himself in the face. <laughs> <laughs> because that's the kind of player Stefan Marbury is. Um, uh, uh, cancer, locker room cancer is an understatement for this guy. He is an absolute flesh-eating amoeba. Um, so if you can somehow get him to buy into whatever you're doing, um, then yeah, he might, he might, you know, help you create a dynasty. Um, but if he, if he doesn't play well with others, which for most of a career, he hasn't, um, this might be getting blown up and, uh, you're trusting the process. Legitimate concerns, but you guys forced my hand by taking Devin Harris and by taking, (laughs) Williams, I need no. a backup point guard. You can't yeah, have an no. NBA team without a. Point no, guard. no, I, I don't argue with it because, like I said, I've been, I've been, I was thinking about him throughout the draft. I was like, maybe, just maybe, I get Stefan Marbury as like my seventh man, you know? And <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, because my the way my team played out, I didn't. But uh, so it's high risk, high reward, and I, I like the guts. I like the I like the guts on this one because we before we even talked about this, um. Uh, remember we talked about like the top 25 nets of all time or something. Um, and that list uh, included guys obviously prior to 2000. This is in, in the franchise's entirety. And Stefan Marbury cracked that list, right? Oh, I think yeah. He's number, he is I think 25. He, yeah. So if you take out all the guys prior to 2000 on that all-time nets list, Marbury probably lands at like 10. Yeah. Right? Something. I mean, you could go back and check it out, but um, well, he's probably like, numbers wise, he might be number one. <laughs> if you look oh. at just stats, he might be the best net of all time. It's everything else that came with it. Yeah, yeah. We're picking Let's, teams. We're not picking players. Picking teams. Well, twenty-two plus per game each season, and uh, eight assists per game. Yeah. I mean, it, dude, if his head's on right, he's a Hall of Famer. But. <laughs> The head's not on right. <laughs> in China, he's a China Hall of Famer. Yeah, but wow, actually, you know, I honestly I didn't even think his numbers were that good. Um, his three point numbers could have been a lot better. Um, but uh, I mean, three rebounds, eight assists, twenty two points. Um, it's actually kind of it's surprising he actually didn't make more than one All Star team with the Nets. You got to take everything into account. And uh, Starbury, if he doesn't if he doesn't play well with your team, Mike, he might be working at Stephen Barry's trying to sell his own shoes. Oh, believe me, he's <laughs> on a, a very short leash here. I'll drop him for Jared Jack ten games <laughs> in the, into the season. <laughs> I love. Him. All right, so I, I think we should have a nice little wrap up here. Uh, Want to each go through who our team is, position by position, just some final thoughts on how you did, uh, what you thought. I'll start. Um, well. I, you can't go wrong when your first pick is Jason Kidd. So I'm pretty confident in my team, and 50% of the reason is because of him. Yeah. Um, you know, the more I look at it, I have Kerry Kittle as a shooting guard. Solid. I'm happy with that pick. Um, Brooke Lopez, despite his franchise-leading scoring, I'm a little worried because, again, we're talking about Brooklyn Brooke Lopez, where he wasn't really a shooter. So... Hopefully he just uh, holds the the front down with his uh, being a center, and then Chris Humphreys, you know, he really only did have that one solid season with the Nets, but I needed a power forward. So I think I'm most excited about just the Jason Kidd, Kerry Kittles tandem, um, 
And I'm interested to see Darren Williams coming off the bench, too. I think he would be a great uh, off-the-bench point guard, just a guy to, like, uh, you know, at least keep the enemy at bay while Jason Kidd's taking his water break. Um, But, yeah, a little worried about uh, Chris Humphreys, a little worried about Sean Livingston at small forward. (laughs) But, yeah, I think my team's all right. What I like about your team, Josh, compared to the other two teams here, so if we're going to play against each other, you have a lot of size. Yeah. You have more size than the rest of us. Between Livingston at small forward, Humphreys, Lopez. Um, Livingston could obviously move up to point guard if you needed him to. Uh, you got Krisic off the bench where I don't have a backup big man really. So, and again, what, what you said, you basically have the LeBron James of the Nets franchise, right? You have the guy who's going to make everyone else better. So everything we've seen from Chris Humphreys, imagine that it's going to get better, right? He yeah. didn't play with Jason Kidd. And same thing for... Uh, Livingston, and possibly even Darren Williams, right? So that number one pick has a lot of weight. And I, yeah. I think I think you did a nice job rounding out the team around him. Yeah. Go next? Um, I will uh, – I'll go next. I'll go next. Um, I'm really happy with the way my draft turned out. Um, my first pick was Vince Carter, and um, that was that was an easy pick uh, after Jason Kidd came off the board. Um, we all know what uh, – Vince's talent and stats are like, so that uh, was a no-brainer. Um, my next pick, though, a uh, little bit of a surprise, I think, from everyone, but once I explained it, it made sense. Um, I took D'Angelo Russell. Um, we were focusing, again, on just the Nets' career, and um, in terms of point guards, we know how important point guards are in uh, in the NBA, especially in the Days League, and... Uh, I think the one-two punch of D'Angelo Russell and Vince Carter is really hard to beat. A lot of three-point shooting, a lot of playmaking. Um, and I, but I think what really uh, separates uh, my team from what it is and what it could have been is my third pick, and that's Keith Van Horn. I really thought that that was my best pick of the draft. I don't know how you guys felt about it, but I felt like having Keith Van Horn, six foot ten can shoot, can rebound, can do a little bit of everything, and he could play a stretch four or a center if I needed him to. Um, uh, versatile, um, maybe not necessarily great in terms of his rim protection, but he is uh, he's quick enough for like help defense and things like that. So I really liked my Keith Van Horn pick. Fourth was Karis LeVert, and I think after this year especially um, – Guys are talking about now for for the Nets in this upcoming season about not having to make a trade for a third star because Karis LeVert might already be that third guy. Um, Talking about um, possibly just making moves to improve their bench um, and supporting cast, re-sign Joe Harris and things like that, and uh, keep keep Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie around because they are already good enough to help the Nets win a championship. Um, so I was, I was super happy with that one as well. Um, and then my second, my second favorite pick, uh, of the draft, uh, was my bench guy, Devin Harris. Um, it's hard to get all stars on your bench. And I did that with Devin Harris. Um, a guy I'm super happy with, uh, after that, um, real good role players, guys who don't need the ball, but like Jared Allen for the rim protection. I said earlier, um, like with Mike. Defense is not a strong suit on my team. We're going to have to really outscore a lot of guys. Um, we're kind of going to have to uh, 
be like this year's uh, Dallas Mavericks. We're going to have to have a lot of uh, offensive efficiency. Um, but I think we could do it. I think um, on any given night, uh, anyone could drop 40. If I can just uh, play decent defense, I, I really like the shape of my team. There's no short of, no short of, uh, of talent for this one. We'll see. Uh, I, I do like the team. I think you your Keith Van Horn pick was a great pick. I wish I remembered more of him. Like I honestly do. Like I think that's the reason why he escapes me in these conversations. I, I'm kind of with you because like at least like going into the memory bank for like Keith Van Horn, um, my main memories are just of him just like hitting threes, right? Like I just like remember he'd hit the three and he'd turn around, he'd put his hands up almost like a like a referee would do for a guy hitting a field goal. And that's kind of what my memories of Keith Van Horn were. But when you do um, a little bit of research, you look up some highlights and uh, you read some things about him, he's a lot more well-rounded than people remember. Um, and uh, when, when you look into, like, the rebounding numbers and, and even the assists and stuff, um, you know, I was excited to pick him – you know, even before I knew all that stuff. But then once I really took even a deeper dive, I, I thought um, that it, it, the pick couldn't have been any better. And Mike, how about you? All right, so my team, I'm happy with my team. I'm happy with how it went. I think I have an interesting combination of athleticism with toughness, uh, or like with at least mental toughness perhaps, with some clutch. So I started off with the, the third pick, so I had the snake with Richard Jefferson, Kenyon Martin. And I think for most listeners, when people think of Richard Jefferson, they don't even think of the athletic part of him because he's been around so long he became that role player who would just shoot threes in the corner. But early in his career when he was on the nets, he was a slasher. And when he, him and Vince Carter were together, it was that dual threat of it can come from the right or the left. You know, Jason Kidd could just serve it up to anyone he wants. So if you combine that with Kenyon Martin – down the lane. Spencer Dinwiddie, we've seen, can be that facilitator in the pick and roll. I really like what he offers the team, especially down the stretch. Uh, Joe Johnson, we all love Joe Johnson here. I'm not thrilled with his place on my team, only because he's an, a little bit of an outlier, not quite as quick, not quite as athletic, but as a third or fourth option, who wouldn't want Joe Johnson to knock down a three or, or throw it down into the post in a clutch game? So I do like the pick. He kind of fell to me. I don't know if I would have picked him um, or been upset if you had picked him earlier, either one of you. Uh, I think Joe Harris stands out a little bit as not quite as strong as some of your bench players because you got, Josh, you have Darren Williams. Rick, you got Devin Harris as your first bench player. Uh, I went for the three-point role, role player here with Joe Harris. Name-wise, doesn't stand out as much, but I think he fits the team. And then obviously the big question mark we spend a lot of time talking about Stefan Marbury, make or break the championship here with Stefan Marbury. Does he come in and give us 25 with efficient shooting, or does he just make the whole experiment crash and burn? I am definitely thin. You guys have backup centers with Kristich and Plumley. I don't have that backup center. Uh, but I also have more traditional of a power forward with Kenyon Martin. So I, I think it's a really good mix for all of our teams. I think they all have their strengths. They all have their potential weak spots. Uh, but that's why this was such a fun draft to do because they're all of our, our fan favorites here from our Nets 20 years. Yeah, it's been it's been fun. And and I'm looking at your uh, your roster, too, because um, I, I do like the way it's constructed a lot. And um, I think, 
like the the wild card is Stefan Marbury, right? And and when you have guys like Dinwiddie, Joe Johnson, Richard Jefferson, those are three great locker room guys. So I think if there were ever a team that could kind of like keep him in check, if at all possible, however, um, he it would also probably has be Kenyon Martin. Who, That's yeah. the only thing. By like, all uh, <laughs> you know, accounts is also a, a yeah. locker room nuisance. So. We got to keep Martin and Marbury away See, from Atlantic City. Yeah. See, the thing is. I don't. I don't think you'd be able to keep those guys out of the clubs and uh, and out of the casinos. <laughs> and, I definitely have the most fun Nets team. Can we? I'd have yes. the biggest. Like, definitely you know, like the swaggiest. Definitely the swaggiest yeah. team. I yeah. think that I have the lamest team in terms of like uh, like coolness. Like my team is not cool, but they're probably the most like serious. I think yeah. Rick's team is like um, the flashiest because he's got Carter. He's got Russell. He's got Karis LeVert, and and Mike's team is just like the the coolest. Like the yeah. dude, me, my cool. my team and Mike's team would be like be the uh, the NBA on TNT game every time they played each other. <laughs> or yeah, be a lot of drama. What we should do though, we should uh, make a graphic, throw it up on social media. We'll have a fan vote for our listeners. Yeah, that's true. I like we'll that. Pick, yeah. pick, pick we'll do team. that absolutely. Make a fan yeah. vote and um, see who what people think. You know. Yeah, we have like fake awards. Like, who do you think would be, you know, MVP or six man stuff like that? Obviously, it would be Jason Kidd, but you know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Jared, Jared <laughs> Allen. He's determined to be like the the defensive stalwart in my uh my team. <laughs> A lot of pressure on him. You know what, dude? It'd be so funny. They, they, we put the poll up, and they're like, who, who do we think is going to be MVP? And they're like, dude, it's Stefan Marbury. He's taking Dinwiddie's job. That's true. That's the truest like statement that we've made. I feel like Dinwiddie, if he like starts slipping, Marbury's going to like demand to start, and that's going to become drama. See, I was, I was, I was just going to say that too. Like, I know Mike kind of made it seem like, hey, like if, if Marbury outplays Dinwiddie, no big deal. He gets to start. But like – I don't know. I I think that might be a worst case scenario, honestly. Like imagine like <laughs> imagine like Dinwiddie like isn't playing well. Stefan Marbury gets the job and is like his just his ego grows even more. It's like you needed me from the start. I'm your yeah. seventh round pick and you you I'm Starbury, baby. Let's go. But that would just continue to fuel him and he he, he would be the MVP of the league. Oh that's yeah. that's wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah. Uh well, you know. I think Marbury is is the wild card for this entire experiment, which is That's why it's probably my favorite pick. That's my you favorite. Might, you pick might have screwed bad. Spencer Dinwiddie's confidence because if Dinwiddie has like a bad week, he's gonna be like, "Fuck, there goes my job." That's yeah, true. Yeah, like this guy has his own brand of shoes, and I and I have a Bitcoin. Yeah, I have Bitcoin. <laughs> or or hear me out. They actually just become best friends. Uh, <laughs> no, and they, they get along <laughs> fine. Now that my reads a head tap, that ain't happening. Yeah. <laughs> they right, invest well, some, uh, some Starbury shoes together. They make them like Iron Man shoes, so you can like fly. <laughs> they combine awful. their strengths. I could see that because Spencer Genuity is like really into like tech and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, that would that would if if that happened like in this hypothetical fantasy <laughs> world where like Dinwiddie and Stefan Marbury are like the same age, kind of, and they're playing on the same team, and Stefan Marbury was like, hey, like, my shoes at Stephen Barry suck. <laughs> and, like, and you seem to kind of, like, have an idea of what you're doing with, like, tech and investments. 
You want to put like some like jets on the bottom of these shoes so we can so like kids can fly. And they sell them for like fifteen dollars. Oh, dude, I'd give you the title even if you had the losing record. <laughs> Honestly, you'd have to worry about both the guys showing up to the games instead of like having big business meetings. Like, yeah. Stephen Marbury like cleans his act up and he's like, I'm really serious about like money and investing, and like I don't have time for like. Basketball bitches and hoes like I need I, I need to get to this meeting, damn it! And it's like, oh, here's tip off. Where's Stephon Marbury? They really need him to come off the bench. And he's like, I'm making a deal. <laughs> that's that's my dream. <laughs> wow, so dramatic. I mean, my, I wish my team had more drama. Honestly, I think my team might be so complacent that they would probably flounder for some reason. Um, I think your team would like really have fun. Doing like group outings and events, like going to the Statue of Liberty together, <laughs> or, you know, like yeah, they would definitely. just like they'd go out for like coffee and bagels and just kind of like chat about like, you know, oh like so uh, like how's your dog and everything. Yeah, my team is very mature. Like all the people on my team, I I I don't know so much about Darren Williams and Chris Humphreys, but at least. Jason Kidd, Kerry Kittles, Sean Livingston, Brooke Lopez, probably Nanad Kristich. I don't remember. Was Nanad Kristich a, a wild monster? I don't no. Think so. <laughs> no. I'm trying to think of like. I don't think he really spoke English. I think he just showed up to work playing basketball. So exactly, like my team's super docile. They're like super, like yeah. just chill. I imagine. Maybe. I feel like the late, like the most recent, like iteration of the the Spurs, probably not as good as the Spurs were, but like you know how the Spurs just have that like camaraderie and they're very relaxed with each other. I, I oh yeah, my team. yeah. I think that's what this team would be for sure. They're all like dads. Yeah, <laughs> they're all just yeah. like mature family guys. Like Darren Williams is like a family man. Yeah, like your your biggest like locker room wild card is like Chris Humphreys, and he's really not even that bad. <laughs> yeah, he just <laughs> fell in love with a celebrity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just he just chased booty, but like it <laughs> he wasn't even like that bad about it. Thank you for listening to The Best Is Net To Come. We had so much fun making that draft. Come back next Tuesday and every Tuesday. We'll be covering the league, covering these nets. Come back, listen to us Tuesdays. Thank you so much for listening. Stick around to The Best Is Net To Come.